Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. Been an interesting week. I'll try not to ramble and get to the facts, but my goodness. So it's been, uh, as you know, the weed police situation. So our legal team is incredible. I have to tell you, it's it's uh, it's really great to to talk to people who get it, who are strong, who support, um, and are on your team. So we are in the process of an appeal, which we expect to lose. The appeal to, as I say, the chief weed dude. And then it'll go to divisional court here in the province of Ontario. And apparently, my, my lawyer was telling me case law, there's nothing in case law about this because no one's challenged them through the court process. I was out on the farm yesterday and working with the bees, and I'm going to go out again today, this afternoon. And I, I was struck by the number of monarch butterflies, like hundreds, just had to be thousands of them just flying all over the place eating and stuff and i think part of it has to do with all of the uh, milkweed we planted on the farm uh it was just part of our original planting and it's really taken to the soil and so that's pretty exciting and i should let you know if you're not from canada or the province that um, we have federal laws protecting habitat of monarchs as well as provincial or if you're in america that would be like your state law protecting the habitat but no one's no, everyone seems to ignore that when it comes to the weed police. Uh, so I'm very excited about our defense. And um, the good news is until we get through the court process, they're not allowed to, or they've agreed not to come on the property and cut or spray, um, which would result in even more litigation. So I'm excited for our team. People that keep asking me, and this is the only time I'll say it on this podcast, how to help. And I said, just go to our, our website, wildflowerbeefarm.com, if you want to pick up a T-shirt or some swag or something. Or pick up our book, what Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees on Amazon. Any any proceeds go to uh, our legal fund. We expect this to take a year or two to get resolved through the courts, but we think it's time to take a stand uh, to protect not only our pollinators and honeybees, but also monarch butterflies and the intrusion of government into our living spaces. So what happened on the farm today? Well, this week, I, sh- I say today, but this week. So I was out. And the pine grove hive, which is in its third year, suddenly looked very depressed to me. And I'll be posting a, a video podcast about that in, in a few days. It just didn't seem like they were in a great mood. They were just sort of, you know, lackluster. Uh, I'd put a honey box because they were so strong on top because we do that occasionally. And there was very little honey in there. There was a couple frames, but it looked like they were just, you know, sort of lazing around so I went in and sure enough the queen's gone the queen I'm pretty sure it swarmed so the queen the new queen went out and uh, met up with some drones either didn't make it or coming back was was killed and for whatever reason they weren't able to build another one although there was a empty queen cell in the hive so there actually may be a queen in there that just hasn't started working yet but uh, what I ended up doing in an emergency basis, taking a frame where there was some brood and it looked like some um, developing brood into, and I just put the frame in there and give them a little bit of a chance. Now, it may have crossed the line from servant beekeeping. I always struggle with this to just leave them alone because that's what nature wants, or could it be that it would be helpful to do that? And I think on that one, I probably crossed the line, and I'm not sure they're going to survive anyway. 
But I, I think in the future I would just leave them alone. I'm not sure what you would do. Maybe you have a comment on that. It's just, you know, emotion kicks in. You got that hive you've, you've had three years with, and, and it's a, it's just, it's just an amazing group of bees, and you hate to lose them, but it's, it's part of life. The other thing I debated on all week, back and forth, is should I do a late season splits? And most of the literature tells you that you shouldn't because I forget the sayings. I think if you make a split in May, you make hay. Silver, uh, sorry, um, June is something about silver spoons. And then July uh, isn't worth a fly or something. But we have so much um, blooming flower, so many blooming flowers here, so much uh, pollen and nectar that I thought, well, it, I, I did do a few last year that survived. And I thought, okay, let me try four splits and I did that yesterday from different hives. I also realized, you know, I keep getting hung up on, on tracking, you know, this hive from Saskatraz and these are these are Zabos and these are whatever. But the bottom line is when you look at a hive you really don't know what's in it. And I would imagine unless there's genetic testing, you wouldn't really know because if they've swarmed, then you have a new queen and that new queen would have mated with a variety of drones which have res would have resulted in a variety of genetics in that just first generation so it really is important I think to simplify what we do because we keep thinking it's almost like that book Fooled by Randomness which is a financial book where people think what they do really matters in certain situations and I think when we're serving beekeepers the hardest thing is to realize we really don't have control over most things that the bees live the way they live and and it, we just don't know what's in the hive. I, I'm going to go look at one this afternoon that I thought I would be just cleaning out. It's the one hive out of all of our 45 that uh, looked like it's totally empty. And I went by yesterday and it was just full of bees. And I thought, well, maybe they're swarming. In other words, uh, robbing, sorry, they're, they're taking out food. But I thought, well, that's been there a long time. And anyway, it could be that another hive moved in. Uh, it could be that it was a swarm that moved in. It could be that they were just robbing. I have no idea. So I'm going to go have a look this afternoon just, just for research purposes. Um, so we really don't know, and that was reinforced yesterday. When I looked at when I was splitting the hives, I realized that I really don't know what I'm splitting other than they're surviving and they're strong and they appear to be healthy. So I, I think it's important to take that step back and realize that we really don't have any control. The other thing that will happen this week, every year... I pick three or four hives out of all of them, and I put a honey box on top. And the purpose of that is to see how they produce, how they deal with that, and also to provide honey for the family and some friends. So the the extraction process, and we just use the crush and drip method. Um, and I know that sounds laborious, but we don't really do much honey at all. Um, as of yesterday, I believe we're at 51 hives. I expect 45 to survive the summer and probably go, have 40 go into the winter. If we come out with 15 strong hives, I'll be very excited uh, because then we can do splits and we'd be into our third, fourth year of this uh, treatment-free process. So, so I could be surprised there could be more. One thing that uh, does really impress me is the diversity of the pollen uh, and nectar available to the bees. Uh, the, the flowers that are blooming are just incredible, including the clovers, which we planted for um, I call it the gas station, but also all the other flowers are, are blooming on the farm. So that's where we're at. I'm going to head out shortly and do another um, look-see at a hive or two 
that I'm a little concerned about. You should also know the war hives where we, I, I don't know if you saw the, if you go on to uh, our channel, our YouTube channel, subscribe please, because we do post there. Um, I, I used a little circular saw to cut up some frames and, and put the bees into the war hives and they all survived. They created queens and they're now rocking. Now remember, this was from a last year's swarm hive that we, we uh, that chose to live here. And so, um, yeah, that's uh, that's fun to watch. The other uh, swarm that uh, I shook into a worry hive, it's doing very well now too. So it looks like it's going to hopefully make it to the winter. Um, I should say we just had another swarm uh, come into a um, log hive. So four out of our five log hives are now occupied with swarms from this year alone, and that will certainly add to the to the mix. Now, technically, only one of those should survive, maybe two. We'll have to see uh, what happens. So we have uh, four or five. We have six swarms on the farm now, one in a Langstroth, um, one in a Waré, and uh, four in uh, our created log hives, which are, um, they have open lids. I can open them and look at the, um, look at the frames, but it's so propolis, <laughs> there's so much propolis, I need almost a saw to get in. There's no reason to, uh, because they're all swarms and they do what they do. This is Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. So, uh, again, many of you reached out. Thanks for your support over this weed police issue. If you want to help us, again, just, just head out to our website, wildflowerbeefarm.com, follow the store, pick up a T-shirt. Um, my favorite is, in fact, when I get off, I'm going to order 10 of these T-shirts, hashtag thistlelove, and hand them out to some influential folks. And and just, just let's just stick at this and uh, help make the world a better place for our grandkids. You have an amazing day. Be well. Talk soon. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today.